Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. to another edition of Roundtable Tuesdays here on Board Your Radio Broadcast Network. If you guys are listening to us live, you guys are listening to us live at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pine Ridge Warriors Radio or on www.mixlr.com forward slash Pine Ridge Warriors. All right. So I want to welcome everybody back here tonight. Um, Sorry we axed last Saturday's show last time. Um, we finally got a little reprieve, especially the calm before the actual storm. Uh, whew, boy, I'll tell you where to get, begin. But anyways, um, that we'll probably save for either later on with Brother Steve. But tonight, um, before we get going, I do have a couple quick announcements here to make. If you guys are out in the South Dakota, Wyoming, Nebraska area, the Four Corners area, and you want to come out to a free... Believers event, spirit-filled event, 
come June 23rd and 24th or 24th and 25th, somewhere in that weekend, that Friday, that Friday weekend and that Saturday, you guys come on out. We have the gathering in the Black Hills at Custer, South Dakota at Camp Volunteer. Um, it's right near the airport. The, it, it, whenever I say airport, it's a little itty-bitty rinky-dink airport out there in Custer. Um, you guys can't miss it. It's near the gun shop. So if you guys are interested, give us a call. Message us at uh, Pine Ridge Warriors Contact at gmail.com. Also, I want to thank one of our listeners and supporters for stepping up in a major way for us to be able to um, begin the hunt for – a new vehicle, a newer vehicle, a ministry vehicle, I'll tell you. So I thank that listener for stepping up, and may God bless her abundantly and above and beyond. Also, brothers and sisters, if you guys would like to get what get behind us and what we're doing out here um, at Wings as Eagles Ministries, you guys can go to our website, go to our contact section, and or contact or our uh, donate section. You guys can type in there. Um, the amount of your choice. Also, you can email us or write us. Write us at P.O. Box 18, Porcupine, South Dakota, 57772. Again, that's P.O. Box 18, Porcupine, South Dakota, 57772. With that being said, I think that's all the announcements I have right now to make. Uh, so without further ado, I want to welcome on our very special guest here tonight, Roundtable Tuesdays, with none other than Brother Steve Fraze. How are you doing, my brother? Hey, I'm doing well, Curtis. Doing well. We're uh, I, I filled my belly and I'm relaxing, and it was kind of all I could do not to fall asleep. I'm sorry, but I'm 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 getting it all together, getting ready for the next hour or so. There you go. Well, don't worry, brother. I won't tax you too much, man. Because I I tell you, being outside in the heat all day, um, even whenever it's 80 degrees. Uh, <laughs> Kind of drains you real quick, especially today, brother. We were playing basketball quite a bit with some of these teens, and we had a four on like eight going. So we were outnumbered and outmatched. So anyways, I was running around. So yeah, I feel you, brother. I won't keep you for too long here tonight. But um, welcome back to the show, brother. It's good to have you back on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You bet it is good to be. It is good to be on with you. You know, like for a while there, we were we were just uh, one f- floor and story apart, and now we're a few miles apart. So it's uh, it's interesting what the electronics and what the internet is capable of. It's not all about the bad stuff. Sometimes it's about the good stuff, right? Correct, brother. You know, see, this is another aspect of ministry most people don't realize. Is you know the airways, the highways, and the, the airways and byways, man. Um, technology these days has gone so advanced that even some of the more um, less secular church churches are beginning to live stream their events on social media. So I say, if you know what, if the devil can use the computer and you know the internet for notorious purposes, I say let's go ahead and take back that ground which the enemy is trying to conquer, and become that opposing force in his life. Amen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why not? Why not? <clears throat> and you guys even have the equipment to do it. And so, so uh, hey, the opportunity is there, and it's it's all about the virtual world. Uh, maybe that's not right, right. the right way of saying it, but it is. It's tangible. So, video is video. You know, that's it's, a, yeah. it's another dimension of of people being able to see who it is that they're talking 
who they're listening to and who they're supporting and and you know what uh, what things really look like. Amen. Well, I know I'm excited. Well, Brother Steve, without further ado, man, I know your title tonight is entitled The First Shall Be Last here. Um, there's so many different ways we can take that catch. I'm telling you. I love that title. I really do. The first, the last will be first. Yeah, the last will be first is the name of tonight's broadcast. So before we get going, brother, you mind opening up the show in prayer? And then after that, we'll um, we'll just talk it about and see where the Lord takes us. Mm-hmm, for sure. Okay, so Heavenly Father, we thank you again for today. We thank you for the the air in our lungs and the beat of our heart. Lord, we thank you that your name is holy and that there is none that can stand before you. And Lord, whatever whatever people think of who you are, Lord, help all of us to realize that you are the ultimate creator and you are the one that formed all of the worlds, and there is none that can stand before you. Lord, there is sometimes speculation on on the meanings of things in, in the Old Testament in particular, but Lord, help us as your children to realize that our relationship is based on truly that, is being in a place where we hear from you and your Holy Spirit can download into us and through us into others. Lord, tonight as we spend some time talking about how the last shall be first and how you've ordained that, Father, I pray that you would fill my mouth as we sit around the table and and just share what you have. Lord, none of us are have arrived. And it seems that the more we study and the more we look into your word and begin to understand a little bit of who you are, the more we realize we know so little, if anything. Father, we thank you that you are so ultra-omnipotent and that no matter how dark the dark side is, your ways are so far above and vastly beyond anything that we can imagine that we, we have no fear for you will take care of us. Lord, we thank you for all that you are and all that you will do tonight and on the archives because of the words that will come out on your behalf. And we pray and ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your precious Son. Amen and amen. Okay. So the last shall be first. You know, we... We can talk about this kind of thing. Um, it's it, it almost sounds cliche-ish because in in the circles in circles of believers in in Christian circles there's 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 never been a shortage of talk about about the the last being first. The, I think the shortage that that evidences itself is the proof that we truly believe that that the first shall be last. And so I want us to start off on a high note. I want us, brothers and sisters, Curtis, for anyone that has a Bible, I encourage you to grab it because, you know, we're going to fire through a bunch of a bunch of Scripture tonight. Uh, it's like I've said before, it's it's not what I say that, that is going to yield and result. It's what what he says and whether he says it through my mouth or whether it comes off of the pages of the Scriptures, uh, May his will be done and may he be honored in it. But I want us to start in Psalm chapter 8, in verse 3, and I want us to read a few verses there. And 
it's it's just a proof of where we are and what the position is that we find ourselves in. So Psalm chapter 8, verse 3 says, When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Wow. Uh, Brothers and sisters, do we truly understand that position? You know, we were talking here, Curtis, even just the other day about about, um, who we are in Christ, who we we have been designed um, and created to to um to commune with and to be in fellowship with and and it's our creator and we think of of what Jesus Christ did and how when we accept what he's what he did for us we have been put into this position because in verse 5 there it says we have been made a little lower than the angels and we have been crowned with glory and honor and I, I wonder many times whether we as believers truly understand how we've been crowned with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. How many of us truly believe that we have all things, all things under our feet? Because there's, there is a reference in the, in the Old Testament, another reference that says, wherever the sole of your foot touches the ground and I think we talked about this a week or two ago with Joshua about the sole of your feet touching the ground that is where you have authority and so many times we as believers I think I think more often than not we don't understand our position and it isn't about us it's about the father and what he wants to do in in us and who are we and what is our worth our worth is not based on something that we're doing, but it's based on who he is and what he wants to do in us. So when we, when we consider that, how do, we, how do we stack up in the overall picture of history? I guess that's maybe the way I'll put it. Because, you know, I think of, I think of the earth, I think of the world and the secularism in the world and the... the the thinking that is prevalent and rampant in our world where where these high level thinkers i'll use the term would say that the earth is just a, a little speck in this universe that is constantly expanding and that and that we are like amoeba that mean absolutely nothing and brothers and sisters what's happened what's happened in our our world and in our societies is that that humanity is being devalued we are being devalued and you can look at it from the perspective from the perspective of of taking the lives of unborn children you can look at at euthanasia the the taking of lives of seniors um those kinds of things uh, life is being devalued. Look at look at your television. I I don't I don't watch much TV, but occasionally we'll sit down and we'll watch something and and some of this stuff is is incredible because it's it just totally dumbs down humanity 
and and it it makes us lose our identity and what we were designed for. That there's there's so much in the world today that is trying to turn us away from the truth of who we are. Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two, if you've got a Bible. Philippians chapter two, verse three. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And so, here, here you see, as we start to talk about this, that, that Jesus, we can use Jesus as our template. But look at the humility and the obedience that, that he portrays here. And it, and it clearly tells us that he was equal. It was not robbery for him to be called equal with God. And so how, when we, when we think of the last being first, how can we how can we get ourselves tangled up knowing that that our creator sent his son Jesus who was a part of him and and he lived this sinless life and yet he became totally humble and or he was totally humble and he lived in obedience so when i look at that i have to ask the question is is my heart is your heart in the right place does our heart condemn us do we truly realize the value of what was done and and that is that is something that we need to consider as we start looking at this topic so as we get into the nuts and bolts of this thing Matthew chapter 19 i want us to read about the rich man who is trying to gain eternity it is it is an interesting it's an interesting account, and, and there is certainly application here. So Matthew chapter 19, verse 16, uh, the Bible says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, and this is Jesus speaking, this is now red letter, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life... Keep the commandments. Now, this is also interesting. The man, he saith unto him, which, and Jesus says, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Brothers and sisters, for anyone who is talking about the commandments and the law in the scriptures, I just I just want to take a little bit of a detour here and I want I want us all to understand Matthew chapter 19 when he starts speaking in verse 18 and 19 he is telling us what the commandments are that he wants us to follow 
And, and there will be people that will say, well, Matthew was a book written to Jews. And it is interesting that in the book that, that our scholars or theologians today would say was written to the Jews, he clearly tells the Jews what the commandments are that of an expectation of, of how we as believers are to live. And so I just want us to realize that, that there are commandments there, but those are, those are um, just looking for the right word. It's, it's, it's the conscience of a man. It is the natural conscience of a man that would, that would follow those commandments. And so from there, verse 20, he's, the young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? And Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, can be saved. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And I'm going to read, I'm just going to read these next four verses because I think they apply as well. Verse 27 says, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all, followed thee. What and followed thee? What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the, th- in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And one of the things that I speculated when I read that, just as another aside, is that I'm wondering whether whether each of the twelve disciples came from a different tribe, one of the twelve tribes of Israel. So at any rate, verse 29, And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Verse 30, But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And it is interesting how he put that at the tail end of that chapter. Um, the, the, thing, the thing that I, I catch through that is that, <coughs> excuse me, here's a rich man that's trying to gain eternity, and he's doing, he's doing all that he can to do. And in verse 23 and 24, Jesus is illustrating the difficulty in the wealth wealthy obtaining true salvation you know we we get so tied into our earthly treasures that that we we lose sight of reality because that's what it is we we think that eternity and our spiritual life is is somewhat out there it's kind of it's kind of on the side or it's off the deep end and what we see in front of us is reality, and yet it is just the opposite of that. And here Jesus is clearly telling us how difficult it is for those that are, are involved in, in the earth's commerce and wealth to get to true salvation. You know, verse 25 to verse 29, the disciples are struggling to understand um, the ability 
for man to be saved. And the, and the thing that we've talked about many times in the past is that it is not of us. It's of him. Because we, first of all, are drawn by him. And the only thing we can do is accept what he's given. And in verse 30, here, the first shall be last. And, and so, how does pride affect our position in Christ? Because that's really what this thing comes down to. It is, it is, it is the pride in our life. And when we have money and we have all of those things that are related to earthly goods, <clears throat> uh, it, is, it is a rare man, a very strong man, who can actually control that type of, of ability and put it in perspective in relation to his spiritual life and, and what his walk truly means of means um then he's got another parable right after that and you know i i started to i started to get the feel for something else here and so i also want to read this parable sorry curtis i'm reading lots of scripture tonight but but it is interesting <laughs> go ahead i was buddy. kind of meditating <laughs> i was meditating on this on the second parable and it, I started to get a different flavor for it. But at any rate, chapter 20 in verse 1 is the parable of the man who was a householder. And he went out. Okay, so here we go. Uh, chapter 20, verse 1 in Matthew says, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. And again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. And saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? And they say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. Interesting. And when they came that were hired, about the, about the eleventh hour they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. <clears throat> but he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the, and the first last. For many be called, but few be chosen. And so, brothers and sisters, this is, this is obviously, um, well, it's, a, it's an account of, of basically farming. And the interesting thing is, one of the things that, that I learned a long time ago is when you agree with someone for something, whether it's, it's a position at a job, whether it is an agreement in, in a marriage, um, 
whether you make a contract with a friend for for something that 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 may be a longer term commitment something like that you know when you agree to do something or you agree to work for a certain wage or you agree to do anything that you've agree, agreed to when when you've when you've contracted and then and then something occurs that would okay so you and a partner have gone into business and and you're 50-50 partners in this business and you have let's say it's a let's say it's a 1 million dollar company and your and your partner uh goes out and he buys a lottery ticket and he wins 8 million dollars and you think well wow if he won 8 million dollars maybe he'll give me half of it because I'm a partner with him and and you start to foster and fester thoughts like that when when your partner has absolutely no obligation to do that, you are now creating a potential uh, contention between yourself and that person. And the question is, who's who's who is the crux of it? Whose fault is it? Why did why did it occur to begin with? Um, it is it is not your partner's fault who actually won some money or or came into finances or funds, but rather it's your attitude because because you and your partner have a an equal share in a, co- a company and you work close together. Uh, you may think you have some right to that when in fact you don't, and that's what and that's what we're talking about here. And so it becomes. It becomes a a case of jealousy and and being um, you're holding a grudge because you your perception changed because of something you saw on the outward and and yet you had agreed to do you had contracted for something and and just because you weren't the fellow that started at the eleventh hour. Um, you are feeling like you were the sh- the one that was held on the short end of the stick brothers and sisters that is that becomes a matter of pride and and we cannot we cannot go there so we agree to a contract of sorts and then we lose our meekness and our love of the father or yeah love of the father because of a fleshly issue that raises its head and that's and that's the problem that we all face. We are we have that old man nature there and it is it's our selfishness and or our self-serving attitudes that have no place in the kingdom. And so brothers and sisters, it is imperative that we learn that even in a case like this we put ourselves down and we allow that person that maybe even seems to have the advantage because they only worked for an hour and they received the same amount as you did for working eight hours, you give place to them and you love them with the love of the Father. Because with the love of the Father, you can overlook and and see past so much. Um, scribes and Pharisees. We've talked about them before on on the program as well. You know, scribes and Pharisees have been known to to have the positions that that um, 
that make them prominent, that, that are seen by men, that are, you know, that, that make them look important. Um, here's, another, here's another scenario. Um, Matthew chapter 23, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. This is verse 2. Verse 3 says, All therefore whatsoever they, di- they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men, and make broad their phylacteries, and that's kind of their movements and their and their the things that they they have that they can show, and they enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and. Greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. And so so here... When Jesus is talking about the scribes and Pharisees, he is he is telling he's he's basically telling people that what they bid you, what the scribes and Pharisees bid you to observe, you observe and do, but you don't do it after their works. You don't do it for their reasoning. You don't do it for for their cause. Because they will say things and they will not do them. And brothers and sisters, when we're talking about scribes and Pharisees, that can apply. That can apply to many different forms of people today. And so we 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 must realize that that many times people today do things to be seen of men, but to what end? Christ did nothing but lift up those he came into contact with. And that, with the exception of the scribes and Pharisees. Because, brothers and sisters, I think for, for any of us that are, are uh, Scripture followers, we realize that, that Jesus never had an ill word for anyone. The only time that, that his righteous anger was raised was in the direction of the scribes and Pharisees because they they could not see that he was the Messiah. They could not see that he was he was the one who would take away the sin of the world because they were so tied up in all of that old that old Torah uh, law system. And so many times we have no idea of what we need or even how we're going to pray. You know, we have we have this this thing that 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 works on our behalf, and that's called the Holy Spirit. You know, when we humble ourselves, we are we are making ourselves available for the Holy Spirit to work through us. Um, many times, it is the pride in our lives that must be overcome for the Spirit to have the freedom that he needs to have. So are we dwelling in the Holy Spirit? Are we are we dwelling in the Spirit? I want us to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 26. 
at least if Steve can find it. Boy, that's Romans 8, verse 26. Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I think here, brothers and sisters, I want us to understand that that we we think somehow that we are something more than what we really are. And many times, as we don't even have the ability to understand what we need to pray, and we and we become quiet and humble before the Father, the Holy Spirit will work on our behalf. You know, it is so difficult to 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 do this in one's flesh. You know, the world is out to trample and to destroy and to just beat beat over one en- one another to get to the top of each other. But as as believers, are we living in the same way? Uh, my prayer is that we're not because that is that is totally against what the Father is talking about. We are we are frankly to bear the weaknesses of of others for those who are grown for those who have who have come through the hard knocks of of maybe doing things their own way and then realizing that they had made an error and that the father wanted to use them and they had to turn where we've matured to the point where we understand some of those things it's an obligation for us Romans 15 verse 1 says we that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification, for even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that repro- let me read that again, verse 3. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. And so, Brothers and sisters, this is where the last shall become first. It is all about whether it's reproach or whether it's humility or whether it's meekness. You know, there are things like jealousy, envy, disagreement in understanding, um, even things related to, to Scripture, whether it's about the Father or the Holy Spirit or Jesus Christ. You know... <laughs> I, I kind of made a note there, and I said, "Do we eat our pork at home?" You know, we're we're talking about reproaches, and let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. You know, so many times, instead of 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 humbling ourselves and backing away and allow someone else, allowing someone else the upper step, we want to fight and struggle for it, and yet, and yet. That is not that is not what we are to do. Our our lives are to be are to be circumspect, and we are to be examples. And so, there's a scripture in the in the word that says, um, "If something offends my brother, I will not do it." I'm paraphrasing. Okay, I don't have the reference, but we we don't go looking to offend someone else because by doing that we are putting we are trying to put ourselves on a higher plane than than they are 
Many times it's a matter again of pride. And so, and so when we, when we try not to offend, when the spirit is telling us, don't, don't say that because uh, that will be an offense or don't do that because someone is going to see you. Now there is a balance. There's a balance there because there are times when, when um, there will be people that are like scribes and Pharisees and they'll be looking for things that they can accuse you with as a blood-bought believer who is living in freedom. And so there are times when it doesn't matter what you do, someone will be offended or they will be looking to hang you or, or whatever you want to, however you want to term it. But it's when we are working together in a spirit of humility and we're all trying to come into the fullness of the, of the father. And, and we maybe have see a brother who's, who is not as far down the road. And we know that if, if we do something or we say something or we act a certain way in front of them, with them, that it could, it could hurt them. It may not even necessarily offend them, but it could hurt them because they may not have the understanding and the freedom to realize what the grace is that you're walking in. Because I keep saying this, the unbelieving world seems to know more how a believer should live than the believers do. And I think that, that Satan has done a masterful job of deceiving the whole world. Because I know of people who will say, that guy's no Christian. <laughs> Look what he does. I've seen, that guy draw, I've seen that guy go get a case of beer. That guy's not a believer. Or the guy smokes, or, or he's got bad language. He's got coarse language. That guy, how can he be a believer? You know what? We've, we have, we've got, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 churches just in, in a 30-mile uh, circumference here. And, and even, the, even the people who call themselves Christians here are, can be hypercritical of others who they don't see the same way. And brothers and sisters, that ought not to be so, because we're all we're all on our different, we're all on the same path, but we're at different places. Some of us are having trouble with eating. Some of us have trouble with smoking. Some of us have we maybe drink too much. Some of us use bad language. Uh, some of us do weird things. Some of us watch stuff on computer and TV that we ought not be watching. There, we're all in different places. And the and the spirit and the your your conscience and the spirit the Holy Spirit must teach you and grow you from the inside out because if you're not growing from the inside out what you're doing is of absolutely no value because it's come going outside in and and the Father doesn't he doesn't recognize that the the key here is that we are known of the Father it's one thing for us to know the Father. But it's a lot more for him to know us. Brothers and sisters, think about that. Because, because having the love of the Father who knows who we are, wow, to me that is just, that's just an incredible thing that, that nothing can match. And so we need to be careful that we give place to each other because part of that will be humbling and and causing us meekness. Meekness is power under control. 
meekness is not being trampled on and walked on and being used like a like a dish rag. Meekness is power, understanding who you are, where you are, and what you are, but being careful, always being circumspect, always um, having an answer for the faith that lies within you, but knowing the, the discernment of when to speak and when to hold one's peace. Um, Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. Uh, verse 13 says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So I think we can easily tie together the last shall be first in how we treat each other. Because if we put ourselves after our brothers and sisters, or behind them, or underneath them, in a, in a in a servant's heart and attitude, we are we are growing in the kingdom, uh, and I'm going to say that that will be that is not the average in our organizations in our church organizations today. It is it is the exception, and so I would say, brothers and sisters, let's let's mount an offensive to create more of that. You know, putting others first in love is putting others ahead of ourselves. This doesn't only apply to those we like or to get along with. See, that's the rest of this. Here is where the true test of our relationship is, and that is in how we treat those whom we don't know, whom we don't, uh, who we don't care for in the physical. You know, there's a scripture that says, no, no man by the flesh. And it is so easy to know each other by the flesh, especially when we get to, to know, uh, when, we're, when we become very common with each other. We, we get to be very open and straightforward, and suddenly the, the spirit is diminished because we see the person in their flesh. And, and so that aside we look at those who are unbelievers or those who don't don't like us those who hate us and and would and would like to see harm to us well our the true test of who we are comes from how we treat those relationships luke 6:27 and 28 says uh, but I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And so, brothers and sisters, it is, it's about loving our enemies. And this is, this is all a part of putting others ahead of ourselves, so that the Father can lift us up at the time when it is right for Him. There are so many references that encourage us to move in the power of the holy spirit and and when if we can just move there if we can just be there if we can just get ourselves quiet uh what's the verse that says be still and know that i am god um <clears throat> brothers and sisters that is that is paramount we are so busy and we have so much noise, so much white noise in our heads 
that it is so difficult for us to hear the still small voice and we and we know that the father speaks in more than than the still small voice he speaks in 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 uh in a in thunder and i'm just trying to think of the reference in the old testament there was um <laughs> i was going to say water but i don't know that it was water there's about four different ways that it lists that that the father speaks to us but we have to be prepared to hear and if we and if we're not prepared to hear he can talk to us all the time and i guess i'll challenge how many of us brothers and sisters have dreams have you considered that your dreams are more than than just filling sleep time because he flat out says that he will give us dreams and visions and so if you're having dreams you should record them and think about them and ponder them and and begin to determine whether or not there's there's significance in what you're in what you're you're being uh I'm going to say fed at at in the night season when you're when you're sleeping and so 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 says uh charity suffers long and is kind charity envies not charity vaunt, vaunteth not itself is not puffed up does not behave itself unseemly seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things, enduring all things. Charity never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Brothers and sisters, charity is love in action. Love in action, and it is love from the from the heart, from the soul, from the spirit, the truth, the truth of who we are in Jesus Christ. So, how how many of us can say that we truly put others ahead of ourselves, or we truly are humble to the point where where there is no one between us and the Father? Because even from that perspective, brothers and sisters, you know, we were talking today at work and and I have the luxury. I've signed on with a company who the president um, of this company is a believer. And we spent about 45 minutes this morning and we were just talking about things. And and we were talking about people as they as they age, as they mature and what and what causes Someone who is is called a believer, one somebody who is a Christian, um, to have this bitterness build up in their lives. As they get older, there's this bitterness, and it's it's just like this wall of black that starts to it starts being built in this person's life. And then on the flip side of that, you have a person who just seems to become more gracious and more loving and more caring and more giving. You have these two separate parameters and we were uh or separate rails I'll say we were talking about that this morning and and so you know we we kind of we kind of came to the conclusion in our own little way that many times it has so much to do with bitterness and our self-serving attitude it when we when we when we exude bitterness and do not find forgiveness for it 
See, many of us want to hold on to these things. We want to hold on to our little pet. And, and many times we can't even remember why it is that we're angry or we're bitter or we have bad feelings. <clears throat> and yet it's there and we're not going to let it go because somebody needs to pay. Well, guess what? Jesus Christ paid. And when we think of all of the things that he suffered for us and who he was, because as I read earlier in this study here, um, he was God who came down. He could be he was equal with God. And yet he came back down and he humbled himself as a man. And then he died. He took every sin, every thought, everything we see, everything we do through the annals of history from time past to time forward until all of this mess is cleaned up. He took on our behalf and he died for it. And so then how can we look at someone else and think that they need to improve or they need to do something else? And that's, and that's where we need to be. We need to forgive and we need to, we need to, to repent of the bitterness in our own lives. But we also have to be able to forgive ourselves. And I think sometimes that we run into a problem with forgiving ourselves because we dig ourselves into a hole so deep, we don't even know how the Father could forgive us for the things that we've said and done. And so and so, faith, hope, charity, that's what chapter 13 is talking about. But the greatest of them is charity, which is the love in action. Love in action will always put others ahead of ourselves. So, and then another point quickly what about the children in the in the lord or children in the physical you know this is this is something that that came home to me this weekend is that whether we're children in the lord whether we're learning we're young and we're learning or whether we're children in the physical the father says jesus said um Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Well, that's one thing. But but how many times do we discount our children? The, 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 the scripture says that we must all become as little children. And it doesn't say that, that our salvation is so simple that a child can understand it. Somebody was talking about that a month or six weeks ago. And I thought, well, I'm going to go check this and see whether it actually says that. Well, it doesn't. So for those of you who have, have thought that the word says that, that, that salvation is so simple that even a child can understand it, it doesn't actually say that. But what it does say is that we are to become as simple as little children. And that is in the area of faith. We have faith in what our Father has ordained from the beginning of history because he will see it through to the end because he is the alpha and the omega and there is none that will stand before him. Every knee will bow and every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord. And so brothers and sisters, we may as well be the ones that are the last and pushing the carriage forward because we are the ones that are going to end up in the front of the pack. 
And a lot of that has to do, I also believe, with those who are young in, in the faith and children. Because children, there is no guile in children. They are, they are who they are. And they say what they say. And kids will say the weirdest things. And they can be the most embarrassing. But you know what? They don't usually lie. They just tell the truth. I remember once our son was quite young and we had a man come who was, uh, he was going to sell us some, some insurance. And this gentleman was sitting at the table and, and our son was sitting on Paula's or my lap. And, and uh, this man was speaking and, and all of a sudden Evan just turns and looks and says, do you know what, Dad? Or Mom? That guy has a big head. And so, whoa, you know, that came out of, <laughs> came out of nowhere. And I guess that's, that's kind of digressing. <laughs> but, but children have no guile. They just, they just mm-hmm. say, they say what they see. They, they, they understand it. And that's how the Father wants us to be. He, wa- he wants us just to say, Father, help me because I need help. And what do you want from me? Because I'll do it because I want to make you happy. Um, yeah, I know we're, we're too old and we're too staunch and we're too rigid and we're too all many things, but you know what? We need to do some exercises and start to loosen up because that's part of the problem we, we face as, as uh, I'll call us mature believers. There's nothing, there's nothing ordinary about the relationship that we are in and we need to realize that. And that's why Curtis I'm looking forward to next weekend in South Dakota as well, because we have such a good time there. And there's such a great, great group of people that that just want to love the Lord and serve the Lord and 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 worship Him. Any thoughts? You know, you well, actually, um, quick closing thoughts here. You know, the scripture eh, doesn't necessarily say that. But there's some part in Scripture that that does talk about in a roundabout sort of way. Go where you're celebrated and not tolerated. Um, mm. There's certain places, you know. And I think I, I'm not saying that you're tolerated up there in Canada, um, or that you're not celebrated in Canada. But it's different whenever you go around a bunch of brothers and sisters in the Lord that aren't concerned about doctrinational errors. They are literally just coming together to serve and worship the Lord. That's it. Mm-hmm. If we can get all this other stuff, and you know what? You were talking about the simplicity like a child. If you were having faith as a child, you know, that verily I say unto you that unless you have faith like one of these little ones, you by no means enter the kingdom. Uh, long story short is this. A child ain't concerned with the the you know the, the things that we all – us older folks will sometimes get our heads stuck or wrapped around and let it become issues. Kids, they're like, if they see it, they believe it. If they read it, it's true. A child, a four-year-old child that is a believer, and you tell them that God does signs, wonders, and miracles, that you know, crippled people can walk, that people that have no legs can be healed, they're not going to know any different. They're just going to go out there and do it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, so those are some of my closing thoughts here, brother. But listen, brother, uh, brother Steve, it's good to have you on. Um, I, I thank you for coming on today. I got a lot mm-hmm. of other things we kind of need to accomplish today and supervise and all, all that. But uh, before we get going, give out your contact information, how people can get a hold of you, and um, when are you guys going to be down here exactly for the gathering? 
Well, we're uh, we're actually uh, we'll actually be coming down the Sunday before Curtis, and and okay. um, we'll be we'll be I think we'll be into Custer Thursday. Uh, so we'll be we'll be there a day ahead of time at least uh, because we're gonna we're gonna be meeting with some of the people there before we get there, and then we're thinking after after Saturday after it's done. Or you know Sunday we'll probably roll your way. Um, uh, well, no, we'll probably stop in Rapid City Sunday evening for Donnie for for uh, for gathering there on Sunday night yet. So that's that's kind of the idea. But um, all okay, right. But yeah. Anyway, I'm going to finish this, Curtis. Roundtable Ministries, Steve and Paula Phrase. Uh, we do have a website www.roundtableministriesinternational.com and you can check us out to see who we are <clears throat> what we believe and what we what we are attempting to do in the work of the Lord and there's a couple of phone numbers there that you can call if you'd like to share anything with us or if you had any questions or comments uh, there's also an in, uh, pardon me an email link and so you, if you feel like sending me an email, by all means, you can do that. I get them live because I'm always carrying my cell phone and I've got it tied into my system. So that's kind of who we are. And if, for any of you who might uh, have a question, have a prayer request, whatever, by all means, just fire a note. You don't have to talk to us if you don't want to, but but send us an email. We, we'll pray for you. We'll, we will do what the Lord leads and how the Lord leads. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, listen, Brother Steve, we love and appreciate you. Give Mumcha a big old hug and a big old hug for us. Um, we both say hi. We miss you guys a lot, and uh, we'll see you guys come to the gathering. So thank you for coming you on, betcha. brother. Uh, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Listen, uh, we got to get going here, but remember, brothers and sisters, always remember, stand tall before man, bow low before God. We love and appreciate you guys. Peace out. We are gone, and we'll see you guys this coming Wednesday for another edition of Young Disciples here on Warrior Radio Broadcast Network. God bless.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.